Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Burnout is a slow, insidious experience. Burnout is not afraid to play the long game. To prevent it, we need to play a long game too. And that's a quote by Sally Clark. And you might guess that's one of the topics I want to dig into with my guest today. Before we do, I know I've mentioned this, but I am posting these episodes on YouTube as well. So if you're like somewhere where you're at a video screen and you want to watch it, you know, if it's easier at some point, jump over there. And I so appreciate if you would subscribe because then more people can have the experience of listening to my amazing guests like ours today. So let me tell you a little about Hunter Louder. She is a co-owner of Tortoise and the Bear. Ooh, I like that. It's a business strategy, operations, and mindset coaching company that supports visionaries in bringing their wild and crazy dreams to life. Coupling her past business experience as a CEO of a multi-million dollar company with mindful coaching approaches, she helps people like us create and prioritize a strategic plan. And after suffering burnout as a CEO, Hunter is really passionate about helping people build businesses that align with their values as she's doing with hers. So welcome. Thank you so much, Hunter, for being on the show. I love meeting new people. And and I like to say, I don't pick your brains. I like to go in and wander around and see what we can find. <laughs> so, Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to hear some of your wisdom and experience and all that good stuff. So. Hello. <laughs> Tell me a little about how you got to this point or your background that helps us know why you are so knowledgeable. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, I used to be in the wedding and event business. That was my dream. I loved the wild and crazy uh, nights and weekends and energy and putting on the most important days of people's lives, like their weddings and birthdays and retirement parties. And uh, I rose up from the event manager position to the CEO of the company and then promptly had a massive burnout. Mm. Uh, after my burnout, I really was trying to figure out like, what did I want to be when I grew up? Like, where were my talents and my strengths? Uh, how could I help other women like myself? And so I started my business, uh, Tortoise and the Bear, with my husband. And as you mentioned, we are sales and visibility experts. And the thing that we do is we take your personality assessments. Uh, so like your Colby A, your Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, astrology, human design, and basically put together an entire sales and visibility strategy that's designed for you, what you're good at and what feels easy for you. So I love that Colby and I've, I've been a longtime fan of Myers-Briggs. Mm -hmm. uh, what was the third one that you mentioned? Uh, Enneagram. Oh, yeah. That one was so complicated. I couldn't quite figure it out. <laughs> it's very in-depth. I found it to be really accurate. I've, I've loved them all for different reasons. I mean, Colby shows you how you work naturally. You know, Myers-Briggs is more of that, like really who are you deep down, you know, outside of what society puts on all of us. Enneagram has a little bit more of that spirituality element to it. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then, of course, you get into astrology, human design, um, which are more of the uh, spirituality side, and then uh, strength finders, which is uh, more of the business side. Okay. Strength finders is wonderful. It actually gives you your top strengths. There are 32 strengths you can have, and basically you can get your top six. And similar to Colby, it shows you how you naturally operate in the world. Like, what are your natural talents? What are your strengths? And how can you build off of them? Ah. So the work that you're doing now with people, and by the way, having been a wedding photographer for 12 years and experiencing burnout, which is why that's a topic I want (laughs) to dig into today. Um, Okay. Just interrupted myself. I do that sometimes. Uh, So the core of the approach you take is to help people look at these natural qualities of who they are in different ways. So like the, the Colby, which I was mentioning to Hunter before we uh, started recording, that discovering the Colby test and how I get things done, which is not related to personality, took a huge amount of guilt away from me because I'm high on what's called the quick start, which means I don't have to have all my ducks in a row to be successful. In fact, too many ducks is going to weigh me down. So it was like, oh, okay, you know, so guilt and then the it helps me coach my clients, which I'm sure is true for you because you know that certain kinds of things just aren't going to work for people. So that's an amazing approach. And I, yeah, I'm into all that and always have been. So I'm an ENFP slash T. Wait, is it ENF? I'm like right in between. So what are you? I'm an INFP. INFPJ. Wait. Well, anyway. So I'm an INFP. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm introverted is the I, and you have an ENFP, which is extroverted. Right. Um, so even that small difference can be so interesting as to how people's energy level is. Um, and I think there's also a concept that introverted people are shy and uh, have you know anxiety, which sometimes they can, but typically extroverted people just get their energy from being around other people, mm-hmm. whereas introverted people get their energy from being by themselves and like kind of recharging. Right. So even that small difference can be mm-hmm. the difference between um, doing podcast uh, guesting, doing group programs, or it could be the difference between uh, doing something more behind the scenes and, you know, on your own terms. Right, right. Now, I'm an extrovert, but I have a heavy dose of I need to decharge and be alone. Um, I had a boyfriend years ago that said I was a shy extrovert. (laughs) Like when I travel, I can't share a room with somebody. I I need that downtime. But then when I'm around people, I'm just, ah. So have you read the book um, Quiet, by the way? I have not. No, it is on my very, very long. Okay, that rocked my world because awesome. I'm also an HSP, a highly sensitive person, and it weaves that in it and explains a lot. So I think you'll love it. And I think anyone listening would also love it. Yeah. So let's see. What are some questions I have for you? And thanks for sharing all that. So I think I know a little bit already about one of my questions about reverse engineering, but First, we'll talk about burnout, if that's okay. So what is burnout? Like, what's it really like? What are the symptoms? What's the definition? Help me out. 
the definition uh, sounds so simple for people that have been through it. You, it feels so much more complicated than how they define it, uh, because essentially it's defined as like severe exhaustion. Just you're in that uh, fight or flight mode. You are exhausted. You're fatigued. It affects you mentally, physically, emotionally. I mean, it pretty much in every aspect of your life, business, home, etc. Um, so symptoms can obviously vary from person to person, but typically you're going to find um, problems with sleeplessness, um, like not being able to sleep through the night or not being able to go to sleep, so like insomnia, which then leads to fatigue throughout the day. Um, especially with women, you're going to have some hormonal, like adrenal issues with yeah. and, <laughs> and everything else. And I think you try and comfort yourself and, uh, nourish yourself typically with, you know, comfort food, possibly alcoholic beverages, possibly other type of recreational items. And you're just kind of trying to calm down. And even though you're exhausted, you're still running like really hard, trying to make everything work. So it's a really simple explanation, but when you're in it, the best way I can describe it is you're just like, everything is going wrong. Mm. My, my career is not going well. My family's not going well. My marriage isn't going well. My kids aren't doing well. Like just everything is wrong and you almost don't know why. Mm-hmm. And so I think that usually that's the first inclination of like what is happening. And that's typically the way burnout comes out. Mm. I think for me, cause I did, uh, experience burnout from the grind of wedding photography mm-hmm. and I'm just someone that like more is more so I didn't learn what some of my friends learned about how to do a wedding and do this much and mm-hmm. then be able to not be just completely worn out it's like mm-hmm. I kept doing more things more on my list and it, you know and I didn't do digital photography if I did uh I don't know if it, I don't know what would have happened, but it's physically exhausting. You're, you have to keep your technical brain in gear, your social brain, you're caring things, you're trying to smile. There's new coworkers every week. And I like felt it like just under the layer of my skin, the, the burnout. And it took me years to talk about weddings without sort of having a post-traumatic stress rant. And like you, I loved it. I loved the excitement. I loved sharing people's big events in their life, the beauty. I still watch Say Yes to the Dress because I love the brides and I love, you know, with with the rest of whoever's involved trying to figure out what the perfect dress for that person would be. Um, But yeah, for me, the way that I did it was almost abusive to myself Mm -hmm. when I gave myself permission to back off and build the children and, and family portrait business. um, You know, it's just so much easier and honestly so much more profitable. So Mm. that's another topic, (laughs) but I could do two portrait sessions and make the same income as one big wedding where I would spend more than twice the amount of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So anywho, so I, I get it. I'm wondering people out there who are listening, if you feel the same, um, you know, your ears are probably perking up here. So, um, so what are the steps that we can take to avoid it? 
Oh, so I think people that have burnout are 99.9% of the time going to be incredibly driven, uh, high achieving, you know, type A, successful, intelligent, curious, like all these positive things that have gotten them through life. People are always impressed with them. They're always in awe of everything that they've accomplished. Mm-hmm. And you get used to that kind of recognition and that like fuels you. Like I, I got to get to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So to avoid burnout, it really goes into like coming back to yourself and checking in with yourself. Because I think these people like me and you, we very much live in our heads you know, we think a lot, we we envision a lot, we imagine a lot, and then we just go. We take we take action. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, being a quick start, it's like boom. Are you a quick start as well? I'm I'm a high fact finder and a high quick start, oh. which is very oh. interesting because yeah. <laughs> it's almost like a little crazy that I am constantly researching, but when I'm ready to move forward, it's like boom, same oh. thing. Like yeah. very I'm the same. I spent I don't know, weeks. This was during dial-up time. Uh, picking a bathroom sink, but then once, once I found it, you know, I probably looked at two, three hundred sinks online <laughs> <from laughs> with dial-up going here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm high on the research, and then yeah, so holbe.com. If people are like, what is that? How do I take that test? Uh, take the type A, which is in the upper right-hand corner. And uh, I think you'll be quite um, amazed at what you learn about yourself. Just a little. So, okay. So coming back to ourselves, what does that mean? What does that look like? Do you have some like steps to it? People in my audience like doable tips. Of course. And so I think it depends on the person. So everybody has their favorite way of reflecting, whether that is uh, journaling, meditating, shower thoughts, <laughs> um, you know, reading a favorite pre- professional or personal development book. And it's really just taking that time to like slow down. And I recommend putting it in your calendar with literally like 30 minutes every day, whether that's the morning or the evening, right before bed at mm-hmm. lunchtime, whatever works best for your schedule and your energy levels, and you check in with yourself. Is what I'm moving towards what I want to be moving towards? Okay. Um, and because a lot of times when you're high energy and high drive, it's just like, oh, this looks cool. Oh, this looks cool. Let me go over here. But really to take a moment to say, is this what I want to be doing? That's been a big game changer for me because I think in this world, there's a lot of words like you mentioned with guilt of like, you have to do this and you should do this and you must do this and you need to do this. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, what do I want to do? That will help. That pause will really help you avoid the burnout. So having the habit of staying in touch with yourself, journaling, meditating, yoga, whatever mm-hmm. keeps you centered and grounded and clear Absolutely. before the burnout, because in my experience, it's hard to do that stuff. Once mm-hmm. you're already at that point, you've got okay. triage <laughs> to do. It's survival mode at that point. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, I did a um, solo episode on this show, Go Stop and Wait, about making decisions. And so getting right in there with staying in touch with what really serves you, what you just said, is right in there, you know, paying attention to instead of waiting too long and wasting a lot of time, there's, there's that journey, if I'm hearing you right, of, of really staying in touch 
with your wants and your needs. And if what you're up to is meeting them or helping create them. Do I have that right? Absolutely. And I think another thing you just touched on is uh, values. I think values are incredibly important. A lot of people don't know what their values are. Like You might know them kind of unconsciously, but um, to actually go through and you can look online for like a values worksheet or values exercise. And a lot of times it's just like a really long list of values and you go through and you circle the ones that resonate with you, like let's say for your business, mm-hmm. and then you kind of narrow it down to your top 10 and then narrow it down to your top five. And then those are kind of like your top values. Mm. And that's another great way to check in is like, should I take this opportunity? Should I add this new offer to my services? Should I do this marketing plan? Look at your values. And mm-hmm. if it fits your values, then it's a yes. So for example, one of my values is to have fun. Mm. Um, I struggled with that because I felt really guilty about that. Like you mentioned, like fun, business shouldn't be fun. Maybe it could be fun occasionally, but not all the time. And once I accepted it and stopped like questioning it and said, okay, one of my values is to have fun. Everything I do, I look back at that. Was Mm. that fun? Did I enjoy that? If not, I either don't do it again, or if it's a necessary part of business, then I outsource it. Ah, okay. And that helps me avoid burnout because I'm always doing things that are in my values. Right, right. So I know you're starting a podcast uh, first part of the year. Yes, probably after the new year. Yes. So 2023, what's the name of it again? Uh, that is a great question. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't have I don't have the name for it just yet. What I want to do is uh, obviously work with wonderful people like yourself, some solo episodes, some interviews. And my goal is to bring in um, experts who have experienced burnout and pivoted in their business, like you just mentioned, and created a business that works really well for them and to show people it's possible and can be done. Yeah. So great idea. Um, Thank you. So what values fit with you having a podcast? Hmm. So my top values are to have fun, to have experiences, like to experience things. I'm one of those people that needs to do something to know if I like it or not. Uh, I can't just theorize about it for months. Um, And so a podcast to me, oh, and then learning, learning and curiosity are are top values of mine. So for years, I've actually wanted to start a podcast. I kept talking myself out of it because after being in the wedding business for several decades, the last thing I ever want to do again is have small talk. Yes. (laughs) You know, I am so over small talk after being in the wedding industry and I want to have these wonderful, deep, connective conversations. So I kept talking myself out of it because I was like, well, the interviews will be really small talk. We won't really connect. Mm. But then I kind of had a mindset shift where I said, you know what? My favorite thing to do is to learn. And if I could get paid to learn, I would be such a happy camper. And by inviting guests onto my show, I essentially get to learn for free slash build my business, as well as help other people build their business. So it was a really great shift for me to go from like, uh, I don't want to do small talk to, oh, no, this is not small talk. This is learning. This mm-hmm. is curiosity. This is fun. So that really helped me to decide to move forward with it finally after sitting on the fence for years. So we're on the same page with that because this isn't a direct, oh, I'm doing podcasts and somebody's paying me or I get a Mm -hmm. million people signing up for my coaching or everything. 
or anything like that. But it is fun because I love to meet new people and I love to learn and I love to help others. Those are high values for me. So we're on the same page. So people want to pause and make a little list of things that are important (laughs) to them. Think about it. That would be awesome. Or just keep listening to it. Okay. I don't mean to keep just babbling. (laughs) All right. So um, what other tips do you have then? So staying in touch with yourself, journaling, learning about your values. Is there a third uh, way that we can keep, keep being on the positive, positive energies and not hitting that wall? Absolutely. I think that people tend to not know where to focus. So when you're in a very busy, very busy life, busy business, um, you know, you've got family, you've got kids, you've got all this stuff happening. It's hard to know like where to focus your attention. So there's this concept of, of balance uh, and then having like a balanced work life, you know, structure or a balanced existence is what helps prevent burnout. And balance is also kind of a myth. Because we are never 100% able to, you know, do 10% here and 10% here and 10% here. Our priorities fluctuate depending on what's going on in our life. So there's a tool that I really love to use because it's just so simple, which I'm not sure if you've heard about the wheel of life. Mm -mm. So the wheel of life, you can, same thing, go online, you can search for it, you can print it out or put it on a tablet, you know, however you like to work, whether digitally or analog. And it's a circle that has, I believe, seven areas of life. Mm. And that can be a career, friendship, um, relationships, wealth, health, um, all that kind of stuff, spirituality. And the simplest way to do it is you basically rate each area of your life on a scale of one to 10 with 10 being the most satisfaction and one being the least. And you like create like a little spider web. It almost looks like on the chart. Mm-hmm. And so it's a great way to check in because that can help you figure out what is my priority right now. So instead of getting overwhelmed, I need to work on these seven things. If you look at the area of lowest satisfaction, that's always the place where you want to be working. The low satisfaction? The low satisfaction. Because the other ones are good. You have high satisfaction. Oh, okay. We need to have all seven have, I'd say harmony, which is different than balance, you know, because we're not supposed to just like everything equal, but everything blending together. And if we leave out one thing, like, let's say health, then everything else is, is going to be compromised. That's a great way to hit burnout, right? Is yes. Ignoring your health. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And what I love about it is that people can fill it out. So you look at the area of lowest satisfaction, and that is the area that you should focus on because everything else has higher satisfaction. And what I love about it too, is that every month, every few months, you can redo it. And once you see like, let's say health was a lower satisfaction level, and now it's gone up two notches, it's a really great way to be like, oh, wow, look at me. Like I'm really trying to move towards harmony and balance. I'm making my health a priority. And then you can really see the progress that you're making, which I think helps people keep going. Got it. So um, I have a little story with something to to watch on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So at one point in my life, I was at an afternoon animated film festival, which I love. We in San Diego, have you ever gone? No, I'm not. Okay, Mike and Mike's—they're not doing it anymore. But it used to be La Jolla Museum 
of modern art. So I was waiting in line and right across the street is two major churches that are like wedding central and the women, the Hoya Women's Club. So the Episcopal Church, the Presbyterian. And I watched all these limos and photographers and people in fancy dresses. And at that point, my portrait career was really taking off and I had quit weddings. Oh, and it just felt so good. (laughs) But the reason I thought of that is one of my favorite films I've ever seen is a film called Balance. Mm. And it's two characters on a plate suspended in space. Okay. And when one moves one way, the other has to move another way. And and the whole the whole film is about them keeping balance and adjusting to what else is happening. And to me, that's a really good visual that it's not like we're going to get into balance and then we're just going to stay here, but that everything shifts. And so other things shift. So, yeah, constant shift. Absolutely. It's a fun visual. It's really cool. Okay. I think you alluded to this, but I'm guessing number four might be with a little more like do this is get help. Is that, does that fit in with the how to avoid burnout? Oh, you know, everybody's got their own beliefs and priorities and obviously budget and everything else, but having more people support you, whether that's a you know paid therapist or a close family friend, um, I think is just vitally important. Like we're all very isolated in this world, especially with the pandemic. And especially if you're an online business person, which a lot of my clients are, you feel like you're the only one going through it. And the reality is, is when, when you put yourself out there and start learning about it and, and seeking help, you realize that you're actually probably in the majority that most people are experiencing it, but people aren't talking about it. Mm. So my mind was going to getting help with tasks, but I love that you brought in the importance of coaches, mentors, those friends that you can talk to and just blubber. Or like I, I was in a group therapy years ago and we all got a lot better and graduated but we kept a group of us, five of us kept meeting every month. And so we were supporting each other's continued growth. And actually a lot of that experience helped me be a coach because Mm -hmm. we learned to listen deeply. So taking advantage of all kinds of things that are available, some cost, some don't. But so I love that. The, The part I was thinking about was at the least, have a housekeeper, have a, you know, like those, what you said earlier was so great that whatever you don't love to do, find ways to have someone else do that. So it's a two part. Okay. Any other bullet points to add to the, how to not get burned out? No, I think you had a great point about the help. And I, I'm sorry, I misunderstood that. Uh, oh, it's, it's both good because that other part was going to come up as well, I'm sure. But I think with the world today, it is there's so many possibilities out there, like you mentioned, for free and expensive, et cetera. And people very much talk about return on investment, you know, your ROI. But I think they make a mistake by just focusing on the financial return, Yeah, where actually there are way many other returns you could have. You could have return on your time. And when I talk to people, you know, time is not renewable. 
Time keeps moving forward. We cannot get it back. Money is renewable. You can make more money. You can uh, make better investments. You can save money. You can do all that kind of stuff. So if it's a choice between time and money, I always recommend you focus on the money part because you can't get time back. Right. So imagine what you could be doing with that one hour a week of having a housekeeper or of having a sitter for your child or for uh, ordering pre-made meals from a meal prep company. What can you do with that extra time? How much more money could you make Mm -hmm. is a way to look at that. Or how much less stressed will you be? How much more will you enjoy your life? You know, there could be a return on your stress too. So if your stress level reduces, that is almost invaluable, you know, for being able to move forward. Oh, so much. Yeah, I haven't found a regular housekeeper since COVID because the gal I'd used for more than 10 years was anti-vax and Mm -hmm. she was going into different people's houses and her boyfriend was in the hospital and she was so I just had to put a pause and that extra stress of me keeping up with things I definitely feel that and so you know that's something on my something to do soon is to get somebody again that keeps all the basics nice and clean and uh, also gives me gold stars (laughs) if I declutter an area or something I have to give myself the gold stars. Um, You know, I'm thinking another tip is to have an environment that works for you. Do you talk with people about that? Um, Oh my gosh. Well, especially if you're working from home, because that has, you know, changed a lot is that your environment is the way you want it to be. You want it to feel good. You want it to be a place that you want to be in, you know, surround yourself with all of your favorite things and smells and pictures mm-hmm. and comfortable seating, good lighting. Um, so yes, I mean, all, all your senses being involved is so important. Yeah. So anything else before I move on to the question of uh, what do we do if we find we're in burnout? No, I think we've got some good proactive steps. Okay. So if we didn't do all that and we found ourselves hard charging too much um, especially women, I think, although it's not limited to us, but um, are there tips to recover? Yes. Uh, obviously, recovery is going to be a little bit more drawn out than being proactive. So we always recommend to be as proactive as possible and recognize that about yourself. And I think the two things I would say for recovery is to number one, this is why I'm such a big fan of getting to know yourself with all these personality assessments is that you need to get to know yourself, understand why you burned out, understand that you are that person and that you could do it again. And to really figure out what was happening that led you to burn out in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then the second part of it is sounds really big. And you almost have to like unlearn everything that you know up until that point, because mm-hmm all these beliefs, all these values, all these shoulds, all these have tos, it's just all detrimental and especially to women. Uh, But it's very detrimental and it's not true. Mm. Um, For example, I had this belief that for things to be worth it, they have to be hard. Ah. Like you have to earn it. You know, if it's easy, it's not worth it. It's not important. Mm. Um, And so to unlearn even that idea that like, Things that can be easy can also be worth it. 
mm-hmm. can also be valuable. Um, and not even realizing that that belief was there. It was almost like a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing I had to do, well, I didn't have to, I got to do is I realized working with a business coach, I accomplished something really huge. I got like this certification and she said, well, what are you going to do to celebrate? And I looked at her like a deer in headlights. It's mm-hmm. like, celebrate. No, when I accomplish something, that's just one less thing on my to-do list that I now can replace with something else on my to-do list. And realizing at you know 40 years old that I had never celebrated like any accomplishment ever. I just looked at it as like, yeah, I got that. I wanted to get that done. So I got it done. Now let's move on to the next thing. Ah. Even that was a huge belief shift that I didn't even realize was there, but helped me, you know, in my burnout recovery. So what kind of things do you do to celebrate? Even on the, on the smallest scale, acknowledging it, you know, so just taking a moment and saying, congratulations, excellent job. Like, let's go watch your favorite movie or let's go sit outside and read a book for a little bit. Just kind of like take a moment and celebrate yourself all the way to let's go out to a nice dinner. Um, sometimes my, I'll tell my husband like, oh, I did this and I want to celebrate and he'll like bring me flowers to, you know, kind of commemorate the occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be as big or as small. I think it's just a matter of acknowledging it right. and not just bro- blowing right past it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, I'm thinking about my brother and he sometimes needs to be motivated to do self-care things. Mm-hmm. And so he has some life challenges and I'm like his person that just, helps him keep that harmony going. And so if I'm like, oh gosh, you really need to stop doing that for your well-being, then I'll give him a 21-day challenge. And then oh. at the end of it, we go out to dinner awesome. or get a pizza or something. And just that keeps him mindful, even though you know he could go out to dinner or do all those things anyway. But that like, okay, I'm starting now and then this date we get to go hang out and, and do something he likes. And I like to, which Absolutely. is eating <laughs> <laughs> good and hanging out with his sister. Yes. So celebrating unlearning like the shoulds question our beliefs, uh, getting to know ourselves well with the assessments. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a fourth thought, but do you have a fourth one? And then I'll make it the fifth. Oh, no, I would love to hear your fourth Okay. Thing. So do you know, this is something I've only recently become aware of, the vagus nerve. Mm-hmm. Can you explain it or should I look up the definition? Oh, goodness. So the vagus nerve, I, I'm pretty sure, controls kind of like your fight or flight response, like that autonomic um, response in your body. So that when we are flooded with feelings and emotions and stress, it's like a dysregulation that can happen. And that there are a lot of exercises you can use to calm the vagus nerve, which can almost eliminate anxiety, panic, Mm -hmm. um, stress. And I think, you know, that fight or flight, and that's what happened to me, my burnout is that I was essentially in like a constant fight or flight feeling. So even things that shouldn't be scary and weren't scary were scary. So being able to regulate yourself and to calm yourself down when you're actually not in danger and you're not in trouble is such a valuable thing. So that's, that's my kind of high level knowledge of it. Uh, outside of that, I mean, you might have some more information. Okay. And it's not going to Vegas. That's not no. <laughs> <laughs> it's V-A-G-U-S or sometimes it's spelled V-A-G-A-S. And so what it says in the NCBI website 
is it represents the main component of the parasympathetic nervous system, which oversees a vast array of crucial bodily functions. It's the longest 12 cranial nerves. So it starts at the top of our head and it runs into our body right about to the solar plexus, you know, just above the tummy. So that's why when we have heartbreak, we actually feel it in our heart. Or if we're sad, we might feel it in our throat. Or if our, we're angry, our face might get hot. So it it's it's our actual, like it's where we have emotions and then other things get regulated out of that. There's people now, like you can Google that and you can find all kinds of people who are specializing in, in things to do. Um, I had... Um, in 2014, I had to have a little brain surgery. And oh. I didn't realize that the breathing that I learned during that, it was actually a four-year struggle with mm. benign growth in my sinus mm. that was really scary. And those feelings would come up. And so one of the things I developed was a really cleansing breathing pattern especially before like the morning going into surgery and the night before because I think I had six and um I'm realizing now like I would wake up every hour or so and I would either tell myself like a fairy tale yeah. or repeat um the Lord is my shepherd 23rd Psalm like a line at a time mm -hmm. and I don't remember all of them all the time so it took my mind away from the thoughts that were activating apparently my vagus nerve system and calm that all down. So that just hearing about that a few months ago has, has really opened my eyes to like the human system connected to mm -hmm. emotions and how different emotions then radiate out different reactions. Absolutely. So, Yeah. Oh, okay. So uh, have we covered the, we've got some how to recover. I'm all for laying on the couch when you need to. <laughs> Giving yourself permission to yep. no shame in naps. chill and, <laughs> and realize it, it might take a while to bounce back and that's okay. But, but to trust that we'll recover. So absolutely. Yeah. It will get better. And you just gotta take a step forward every day and yeah. it will get better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Let's see. I had one other question. Let's see if we have time for that. Um, so segue to another chunk of I, I think from what you've shared so far, it's kind of a core of how you work with people, which is reverse engineering your business growth. What does that mean? So reverse engineering is the idea that you take a really big thing, whether that's a goal, uh, an idea, a plan, um, a purpose, and you just break it down to smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller chunks until you essentially know what needs to be done every day, every week, every month, every quarter, every year. And it's almost a way to arrive at your goals. And it feels very effortless mm. because you are just taking a step forward every day. And then all of a sudden you look at your month, you look at your quarter and you realize, oh, I hit, <laughs> I hit my goals. Or if you didn't hit your goals, you realize what happened. 
you know, did you did this step that you thought was going to work didn't actually work? Or did you not do that one thing that you said you were going to do because you were procrastinating? So it really just gives you a way as opposed to like, how do I reach this big goal, whether it's life, business, whatever it might be. Um, so reverse engineering allows you to kind of set those goals, use them as something to move towards, like you said with your brother, but it's like a 21 day challenge. So you're even doing reverse engineering where it's like, Hey, we're going to have dinner out together. And then day one will be this day two will be this day three will be this. So it takes those mm. big goals and mm. just makes them more digestible. Oh, I like it. Yeah. yeah. We picked the 21 days because my understanding it is that it takes 21 days to yeah. make or break a habit. Absolutely. So um, at the very least, I'm back to get going to the gym after the COVID excuse not to. And I'm on week two and this started habit again. Mm -hmm. So and it was really easy to break the habit. (laughs) Very (laughs) very easy to break that Uh habit um, and hard to, especially with the COVID questions of, you know, people at a gym. Is there a risk? But that's also kind of an excuse. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's see. So um, one of the things I always like to do when I'm helping people set their pricing is reverse engineer it. So I don't know if this is exactly in line with this, but to figure out how much you want to make. Absolutely. And then how many clients. Mm -hmm. And then that means how much each client needs to average Mm -hmm. and then what you can sell them for that Mm -hmm. amount. So someone wants to earn a hundred thousand dollars. They have to figure out their cost of goods. Let's say overall running a business is double your profit. Then you need to bring in 200,000. And if you Mm -hmm. can do and want to do a hundred clients, you need to average, I think my math is quick math, is $2,000 a client mm-hmm. steadily. And some might be way more, some might be a little bit less. But so is that a reverse engineering? Absolutely. And with my clients, I do sales and visibility strategy as well. I take it even a step further of, okay, so you need, you mentioned 100 clients at $2,000 each. Um, now, how are you going to get 100 clients? What is your closing ratio? How many people do you need to talk to every day? Right. Uh, in order to get that amount of client, how many discovery calls do you need to be booking? How many networking events do you need to be going to? Um, so I totally agree with you. And I would even bring it down further um, because it's like, okay, well, how do I get that hundred clients? Right. The first so on average, you're going to have this many per month. You're going to talk to this many people. You're going to close this many. And at each step, they can look at, am I hitting my numbers to reach my goal? And then right. they can adjust. Right. So first you get the big picture, which is $2,000, hundred clients. And then what you said is now how the heck are you going to get those people? And for me, selling is my superpower. So I'll also have to learn how am I going to get each one of those people that comes through the door to hit a thousand to 4,000 average. Mm -hmm. You can get a lot of people coming in the door and then, Oh, but you know, they're spending $200 that. So it's all, all those components. Um, I think the reverse engineering part makes a lot of sense to me. 
So, yeah. It helps reduce the anxiety a lot of just making these big decisions and not really knowing where to start. Um, and then you can also look at each step of it and see what's working and what's not working. And for quick starts like you and me, then that allows you to pivot really quickly where it's like, oh, I want to make this much money, but people are only spending $200. Okay. I need to change my packages or I need to go to a different, uh, client avatar or I need to advertise in a different way. So it really gives you information that you can constantly be tweaking, mm-hmm. um, versus trying to arrive at a goal and then you don't arrive there and you really don't know why. Right. Which can be frustrating. Right, right. It's like trying to, sort of thinking you want to go somewhere on vacation. So you just start out and you end up, like, I didn't really want to go to, I don't know, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, (laughs) or wherever that is. I was thinking Paris. Well, to get to Paris, you have to decide Paris, how you're going to get there, where you're going to stay, how much is it going to cost. Uh, what's the deadline, a date? So we do we do this all the time as humans. I mean, just just baking a cake or making a casserole. We got to dinner. Yeah, you got to uh, reverse engineer it. So I love that. So I have two questions before we go because we're just about out of time. And remember, everybody, to stay tuned for my quick wrap up and to. Find this both on all the podcast places wherever you have found us, or you can pop over to YouTube and you can watch us and me struggle along to say logical words all the time. (laughs) My goal since I've started doing YouTube, uh, which I did mention to Hunter, is to try to have the videos be not too messy. So instead of posting the audios over there, I I can keep the video intact. So I know you have something you'd like to gift our audience. So what is that and how do they get it? Absolutely. So they can go to our website, which is uh, tortoiseandthebear.com forward slash podcast. And there's kind of a choose your own adventure page there where we offer a free customer journey audit. Um, So we will look at their uh, personality assessments, as well as their customer journey. So how do they get a customer? How do they sell a customer? How do they fulfill? How do they follow up? And then I will send them back a recorded audit, uh, giving them some actionable suggestions to help improve on that. And uh, then, of course, they connect on Instagram or download my service guide um, or whatever they feel like doing as far as getting to know me better. Oh, that is amazing. It's really fun. I said that kind of phony, but I really mean it. <laughs> that <sounds> great. <laughs> that is amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> no, it came across very sincere. Very sincere. But we very like sincere. fun. So I like, I like I that you're laughing at, at my laughing silliness. <laughs> okay. And so what would you like us to come away with? Or is there something you're like, oh, I wish I had shared this bit? What's coming to mind for me is this is like the biggest lesson that I've learned has helped me the most is that there are no rules. Mm. So whatever you think has to be a certain way, or you can only do it that way, or business has to look like this, success has to look like this. I'm a failure if I do this. Those are all beliefs that are not true. They've either served you in the past, but might not serve you anymore. So I always say if something doesn't fit and it bothers you and it's hard and it's sticky it's time to like get rid of that 
Mm-hmm. That belief, because there really are no rules. We just put the rules on ourselves uh, at pr- pretty much a young age. And if you're possibly going through burnout or recovering through burnout, the best thing to do is just to say, you know what, who I was before really served me and I did really well and I was very successful. And now those rules need to be questioned. Mm-hmm. I love it. I could get more back and forth on that, but I'm <laughs> happy the, uh, you know, since that was your last word, I'm not going to throw in my last word other than <laughs> amen, <word>. sister. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so, so much for being on the show. This was awesome. Thank you very much for having me, Lucy. Well, after a little break to chit chat with Hunter, I'm back to give you the quick wrap up before I do. I want you to know that I would love if you want to know more about my coaching to have a time where we take a deep dive into your dreams and goals. That's really kind of the reverse engineering we talked about. Um, Some of your challenges, and then I can help you figure out what's next. And if coaching seems like something that would work for you or my online sales course, you know, give you some recommendations, but there's no obligation. So if you want to just get in touch with me, either at lucydumascoaching.com or send me an email to lucy with an i at lucydumas.com and say, hey, I want that free session. Um, I've got some space available in the next uh, like four weeks or so from the time that this is being published. But always feel free to check with me and see if I have any of those uh gift sessions available. Okay. So basically we talked about burnout, how to avoid it, and then what to do if we find that we have reached that. So the avoiding part was journaling, meditating, continually having like personal growth, becoming the best, calmest, most awesome versions of ourselves, like not sacrificing who we are, knowing our values. I thought that was awesome. Number three was knowing where we need to focus. And we talked about the wheel of life and how there are seven areas that we need to keep in harmony. And so discovering like where those weaknesses are so we can shore those up and getting help, both physical help with tasks or virtual help with tasks, and also emotional help and support. Coaches, groups, uh, the right kind of friend, uh, a spiritual counselor. So I love that. And then I talked about that vagus nerve, V-A-G-E-S, and how that is our emotional center. And there's tools where we can shift um, that there's probably whole websites now with tips And then we talked a little about how to recover if we've hit that wall and um, figuring out why we created it so we don't do it again. Unlearning the shoulds, she said, celebrating accomplishments. Um, So I loved all that. I have not had this specific topic on burnout. So I hope it's been helpful to you. I wish I had had this conversation uh, a lot of years ago because I might have been able to keep doing weddings in a way that brought me joy and add the family and children's photography. 
So that is it for now and sending you a great big hug. And I hope you're having good holiday seasons or whatever is going on in your life as you're listening to this. And that's it. Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.